Hey, in this episode, Essentialism, we discuss the two core and essential aspects of matzah, how it could lead to inner liberation and the truest of personal expression, and how being around people who are genuine and authentic increases happiness and is our concluding message of Passover. I'm Moshe Schoenbrunn. This is the Chavrusa Podcast, an exploration of timeless wisdom and ideas that have guided history's greatest men and women for over 3,000 years. Hey, Friday morning. Some of the uh, listeners of the podcast may have noticed we haven't had a new episode drop since Monday. And it is now Friday, leading into Shabbos, which goes straight into Pesach, straight into Passover. Seder nights happening, going down across world Jewry, Saturday night, Sunday night, are going to be amazing. And I always, I had the conflict, the conflict, because on one hand, I wanted to keep to the schedule and the pace of leaving and recording and researching and bringing to light a podcast episode on a, a daily basis. And on the other hand, a lot of commitments were quickly piling up, both in terms of my job and getting ready for Passover and helping out with the family or or being there with my family. And we actually were traveling a lot this week, driving for hours on end, hours on end, uh, to join our extended family uh, for Passover down in Florida. And with the driving and the prepping and getting all in gear, the podcast was relegated towards the bottom. And it's actually, I, I've, I'm viewing it as a, as a feat in itself, an accomplishment and being able to prioritize and, and being able to sort of get over um, that that feeling because on one hand I had in my mind and I think it was arbitrary and artificial this goal and this expectation that I set for myself to put out the the podcast every day and and now not doing it caused me more angst and guilt and and there was this, this one point in time when I literally took out my phone to record the podcast. I do all the recording on the phone. And at that same exact point, the kids were, were yelling or something. Somebody needed something. And I was so uh, worked up already for the hours on end that had preceded that of, of really being there and, and relishing the role of 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 life that I find myself in, and at that point I was like, you know, I, I got to record my podcast. Like I have my uh, side things too, and I need to to balance. Uh, but I put down the phone, went back to the family, and said that right now in this moment you got to do what's in the best. And we we've spoken about this when we when we were recording the series on mindfulness. How really the the key the key to mindfulness is not 
as some would suggest, stillness. Ryan Holiday, famous uh, author, pushing a lot of stoicism and, and more Eastern mindsets to mindfulness of stillness. you got to just still all that noise and, and carve out for yourself that sanctuary, which has, of course aspects to it that are that are are absolutely wonderful um really shabbos is that that exercise once every seven days but during the six days of the week the key not stillness the key is adaptability the key is to always recognize and and attribute every single moment i can use this moment for the best if I could figure out what's the best to use this moment for. So I may have woken up and thought I'm going to do this and I'm going to record this and I'm going to go here and I'm going to talk to this person. And then three hours into the day, things are changing. The dynamics are changing. Do I get angry? Do I get upset? Am I disappointed? Am I lashing out because this was not how it was supposed to go? I wasn't supposed to have this delay. I wasn't supposed to be sitting in the airport. I wasn't supposed to be waiting for your call. Or you say that no. Not only is it an inconvenience, not only is it not an inconvenience, but this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. The delayed flight, the, the fender bender, the, the missed call, all these actions that happen to me are something that I could say in, in the realm, we talked about this, the three dimensions, Olam, Shana, Nefesh, in the place that I am, the Olam, these are the three pillars that the early Kabbalist Jewish mysticism all mysticism teaches that we have to focus on these three sides, the Olam Nefesh, Olam Shana Nefesh, the place that I'm in. Why am I in this place? Where am I right now? I might be um, taking the, the wrong turn or have to quickly uh, change my plans. The place, the Shana, the time, the time that I'm in. Today's a new moment. This minute's a new minute. And Nefesh, the people that I'm around. Every single one of those three is calling out for completion. It's calling out for something. It's yearning. We're yearning. The places around us are yearning. The time is yearning. The people around us are yearning. We're all looking for completion. We all want to complete. Not, not just to stay with the status quo. Not just to be still. But to complete. To act in it. To jump forward. To move forward. And that's really what freedom is. And that's really what the, the whole goal of life is according to, to Torah, to Jewish mysticism, to Hasidus, to Kabbalah. And, and that's really what epitomized this past week for me, even though I'm, I'm on one hand, I wish if you would have asked me on Monday, my plan was to finish, to keep going all the way through the Haggadah and culminating in today's episode with Nertzah, the 15th step of the Seder, 15th step of the Seder, Nertzah, when we're saying, that our, our Seder experience, our Passover experience has been Nertza, has been, it's, a, it's, it's, it's relishable, it's delectable, it's Nertza, it's, it's, it's beautiful and complete. But sometimes, even if you don't get to the Nertza, even if you don't get to the complete, the, the brokenness itself is the completion as the Kutzke Rebbe of Nachmendel of Kutzk once said that the fullest thing in the world, the most complete thing in the world, is a broken heart. Broken heart. So within the brokenness, 
could find the wholeness, we could find the completion. It's really the whole message of Pesach. It's really the message of Torah as a whole. And it's a perfect segue into one idea here that I want to leave off with in Pesach about the matzah. Matzah is called in the Torah Lechem Oni, bread of Oni. What does Oni mean? Oni has a couple of meanings, and each one brings out a new aspect of the matzah. We're eating the matzah to have this mind mindset, this this intentional mode of eating, intentional mode of thinking. Its most common usage is Oni, as in poor. Now it's less poor because. Let's say somebody isn't poor, they could still eat the matzah. And they still will eat the matzah on, on Pesach throughout the eight days of the Chag. So it's not just the poor man's bread, because wealthy people can eat it also. But in fact, halachically, it must be essential. You can't have anything mixed in for the matzah to, to make it, for it to qualify as matzah. So if you, let's say, put in some eggs or apple juice, it might not be chametz, but it is not matzah because it won't be chametz if you if you bake it within 18 minutes before the flour has the time to, to rise and to leaven. But it's not matzah. Matzah has to be essential. Only it has to be basic. Basic. And it's a call to us. It's a call to us for our lives. If we want to access freedom, if we want to access completion, we want to really bring out, become our best selves over the course of the year or over the course of today. I think that's a good shift, actually, as I'm saying it. Because, of course, the year, I have the tendency to sort of become delinquent and push off. Uh, this year is going to be great. Yeah, this year, you know, not right now. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on my couch. Leave me, leave me be. Uh, over the year, I'll come great. No, but it, today, today, if I want to really access my freedom today and become the best possible. Make this day, make this moment, make this hour the most uh, essential. I have to do that by becoming essential myself and striking out the things that are non-essential. The things that might be nice and have it, have value. Maybe, maybe they don't have value. But all these things on, on the side to recognize that shift that they're not essential. They're not essential. Having a car, having a phone, the foods that I like, the things that bring me enjoyment. Those are all great things. Sometimes. They may all be great things. But that's not me. That's not an essential self. And what eating the matzah, the the mindset, the work, and it, it takes some work on Pesach. This is not like a half hour quick uh, eat the matzah, go back home, easy express later. It takes work to really define for oneself what is it? How am I essential? How can I self-author my essentialism? It's quite a feat. And maybe it doesn't happen in three minutes. Maybe it needs more thought and more introspection and reflection and speaking out with people that know you and that you trust and that don't have their own biases and and agendas. Really to get who am I as, a, as an essential? That's number one aspect of the matzah. Because once you get that, then you could truly access freedom. Because then it's not my job. I'm not, a, I'm not a, a doctor, an accountant. It's not who I am. It's what I do. Who am I? Once I get that, I can really 
have that feeling of, of freedom. Because then all the disappointments and the detours of life, D&D of life, disappointments and detours, those don't talk to my essential self. Those might talk to my job, to my vacation plans, to my interests. But that's not going to be my, the essential self. The disappointment and detours can never touch that. So if I could access that, I'm zoned in, I'm clear on that, then all the malevolence in life, all the suffering, all the disappointments, all the inks, all the setbacks aren't, become non, no longer setbacks. They just become a new opportunity, a new place, a new olam shana nefesh, a new place, a new time, and a new, and a new uh, circumstance of people to interact with and to complete and yearn for completion. That's one aspect of the matzah. Such a beautiful writing from Rav Kook, Rav Amin Kook. He says that the highest form of spirituality, highest level, is understanding yourself, your true self. Anything you learn comes from the outside world. It's extracted. As opposed to your own thoughts that come from the depths of your neshama, your soul. Where it's coming internally, right? It's the essential self. So everything you learn, I just have to say you shouldn't learn anything. But when you learn something, it has to be transformed as it's just a tool. It's not, okay, I learned that and now I'm done. But it's a tool to reach down within myself, to find it hidden in the depths of my soul and the hidden heart, the inner logic of my own wisdom. And he says that's why the great, a great spiritual person is resistant to becoming an expert learner. Don't become an expert learner. There are certain people that are expert learners that... Are, are students of, let's say, uh, just use uh, philosophy as an example, a student of Kant, Immanuel Kant, and they're a Kantian, and they're an expert in Kant's theory, or pick any other idea, right? You're, you could become an expert learner, but a spiritual person has a resistance to this, because you, you want to focus your time on uncovering the depths of your own soul. So yeah, you'll learn from Kant. Or you'll learn from great great uh, ideas. You want to pick the greatest, most resonant leaders and, and wisdom. And wisdom that in, is enduring. And wisdom that is deep and penetrating. But then, you take that. that they, 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 those experts become helpers. They're helpers. Nothing more. Right, they're, they're a source that leads to spiritual transformation in your own understanding, in your own Torah. It has to be your own Torah. The Psalms, book of Psalms opens up. A person has to meditate in their Torah day and night. In their Torah, in your Torah, in his Torah. It's personal. It has to be personal. It can't be in somebody else's uh, Torah. But sometimes what happens is, says Rav Cook, we don't recognize our own worth. So we focus on other people's relationship to Torah, other people's relationship to life, to success. And we say, listen, I respect that person. I like that person. So I'm going to attempt to emulate that person. And then you become an expert learner. And then in that moment, great spiritual soul has become darkened. It's a powerful idea from Rav Cook. 
It's really the matzah. It's really what matzah is. Another aspect of the matzah, lechem oni. The word oni also means to answer. One is to answer, is to respond. So it's the matzah that causes responses, that causes people to answer. Brings up questions. Brings up responses. Why is that? So I heard this idea from a friend and mentor of mine, Rabbi Jack Cohen, former campus rabbi at University of Pennsylvania, and then at Moor Manhattan, and now director for education for Olami. And he pointed out, based on the Baral in Prague in the 17th century, 16th century, if you take, for example, a Krispy Kreme donut filled with Boston cream and custard, rich chocolate frosting, sprinkle some Nutella on top, <laughs> you don't need to ask any questions. It's beckoning you to eat it. There's no, there's no dialogue. There's nothing that needs to be closed. There's no dissonance. There's no gap. You want it, you go straight to it. The only question you might have is, can I have another one? Um, or how do I recover, how to train my body to recover from this assault? But sugar and processed oils and all that stuff. When it comes to matzah, though, you need to first quiet yourself down a little bit. It's not like the donut that begs the, a question. And he points out that when, when, when you're with somebody that's comfortable in their in who with who they are right if they're really authentic they're down to earth they're simply and genuinely themselves just like matzah is right simple genuine it is what it is you see what you're getting there's no deception going on it's not like the donut that looks so good it tastes so good and then the next day you realize you were you were duped so when you're with such people you start to think, because first of all, it's so awesome. It's so amazing. It's like, there's no judgment going on. There's no ulterior motives. There's no passive aggressiveness. It's just, it is. It is. And it's so liberating. It's so awesome to be with such people. And then you could start asking yourself like, wow, this is amazing. Like, am I, am I up to that? Am I living my life authentically? If not, then what's stopping me? What's stopping me from just being who I am? Why do I feel I need to puff myself up and add ingredients into my life? Puff the air of of bread and and other ingredients. Like, why can't I just be essential who I am? And that's why matzah brings up the question, right? It doesn't need to scream it. It doesn't need a a, a marketing campaign for it. Because it's the deepest and simplest message that's within every single person. If we let Matzah just awaken us to the question that we're already asking. It's already within us. It's already our Torah. Our soul pines for freedom. We want freedom. We want liberation. We want to be the people that we were born to be. And we know, we know that in our heart of hearts that we that we have a unique, meaningful potential for life. We can live our lives uniquely and in in an incredibly meaningful way. But for whatever reason, we try to be something that we're not. And that's what matzah comes in. That in its humility, in its essentialism, it's interested in us. 
It's interested in us, not in advertising itself. It's not about the matzah, per se. When you know who you are, you don't have to convince yourself that you're that you're more than that. When the the ego is deflated, so then you have room for yourselves. Forget about for other people. That's a step one of humility. It allows the space for other people to come in. Allowing space for somebody else. Hey, this is a deeper idea. In the Gemara, the Talmud and Masachat Brachot, right at the beginning says, that somebody that sets a place for themselves during prayer is a student of Abraham, of Avraham Avinu. Student of Abraham, if you set yourself a place for prayer, so you, 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 you daven in, in the same place every time. And the question is, okay, like it's a nice thing, I guess. <laughs> Or, or what is the nice thing? But to the extent, not only is it a nice thing, but it's you're a student of of Avraham Avinu. Like that's that's what you got to do. You have the quality to just stand in the same place. The deeper idea, the deeper idea is that when you're when you recognize your place, you know your place, you have a place for yourself. Then and perhaps only then do you allow space for other people too. You allow other people that space in a conversation in a group chat in a road trip when there's other people to allow that space for the other person to show up in their fullest expression that's a student of of Avraham so for thousands of years this is what Matzah is sparking this quiet revolution or it's quietly sparking the revolution to try to figure out who we are in the depths of our of our souls and be ourselves and we owe it to ourselves it's the history of our people that we're fighting to stand tall in a humble fashion. Be ourselves. Be ourselves, not who others, external sources, society, culture is telling us who to be. That's the, that's the, the story of the freedom, and that's what we're retelling the story on, on Pesach, to move even closer to the truest freedom. So this is the essential component and the essential message, the depths within Pesach that will keep going deeper and deeper. Getting to the essentialism of the matzah, the freedom that it symbolizes, the tactics to get there, the, the most intrinsic of messaging. And like we spoke about the mar, the biting into the mar, the bitterness in itself reveals how sweet everything else is. And the struggles and the disappointments could actually bring us part and parcel on the freedom journey to discovering the essential self and that's ultimately what the Pesach is. So these are the three fundamentals, aspects that if only you got this, Rabbi Gamliel says in the Agada at the end of Magad, if only you got this, you have, you, you've locked into what Pesach is all about. And then the rest of the Seder, the sixth step, washing the hands um, before eating bread, seventh step, the eating of the Matzah and all its intentions, then the eating of the Mara. Matzah is eaten while leaning. There's great deep ideas in that and how that incorporates as well into these aspects of essentialism and freedom. Then there's, in an ancient tradition, to eat both the Matzah and the Mara together in a sandwich. As Hill used to do, again, the blend of the paradoxes of freedom and bondment. Bondment? Bonding? Bondage? Um, so taking the mats and the mar, putting them together, 
that we don't have to live dichotomies of life, that I have good times, bad times, but in the same time, I could be both delicious and delirious. I could be both striving for freedom and and uh, being held back by the same exact motto. And how you combine them and how you're able to transform them together. That's followed by the next step. I think we're up to number 10 now. Nine of Shulchan Aruch, of eating of the meal, festive, joyous holiday meal. Finished up with dessert, the afikomen. The afikomen, which normally would be the, the, the shawarma, the Passover uh, lamb, the sacrifice. Now we eat matzah in lieu of that in, in remembrance and in token and substitution for the Passover sacrifice, which we yearn to have once more soon in our days speedily. Then it's led into Barach, into Berkat Amazon, which in itself is more than just a, a thank you and appreciation, but it's a broad crash course in, in philosophy and, and the Jewish conception of the role of man and the role of the universe itself and of history goes into into Halal, singing great praises and song, really bursting out into spontaneous, deep uh, tunes and melodies to really stir the the most inner recesses of a person's soul and mind. Finally, ending up with Nerza, the conclusion. Nerza, Shana Haba, Birushalayim. The next year we should be in Israel, not only physically, but spiritually. And we should tap that sense of freedom and liberation in our lives in the Israel within us and the Israel in the world. And when we could do it on an individual level, then it could be done on a collective level. And we could really taste the redemption and the ge'ula. That's it for me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Due to the nature of the coming week of Pesach, Passover, we'll be taking a pause on the Chavrisa podcast. And we'll see you again back next week, week after Passover. So everyone enjoy the time and really enjoy it on a, on a physical level and a spiritual level. And if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, connections, stories, ideas, or if, just let me know how your Passover went, how long it went, how long it didn't go, how do you do the matzah, thick, thin, Matzah pizza, share your recipes. Please reach out. Have a wonderful, wonderful Pesach. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Harusa. If you enjoyed, before you even subscribe and rate it five stars and review and all that, and listen to the other episodes, please reach out to me. Let me know your thoughts connections, ideas, questions, critiques. My number is 347-893-4467. Chavrusapodcast at gmail.com or across social media channels. Thank you. Have a wonderful day overflowing with happiness.